I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network, presented to you by BetMGM. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me, as always, is my friend, co-host, colleague, Nick Martin. Nick, this will likely be our last episode for a few months, and it should be a lot of fun. Obviously, no games to talk about. The Vegas Golden Knights are your Stanley Cup champions. We're here to talk about betting on the NHL draft, and we'll take a quick gander uh, at the uh, the offseason to come, if there's any teams you might want to bet now, uh, and then we'll get out of here and uh, enjoy what is going to be like a one-week offseason for the NHL. It seems like it'll be the draft, free agency on Saturday, maybe a couple of days after that, and then everyone runs up to their cottages in Canada uh, until September. But before that, the draft is a very fun and it's a fun thing to bet on. It's not just fun because it's, you know, the NHL draft, there's buzz. And if you're a hockey fan, you're going to like it, but it's fun because you can beat the market a lot easier compared to, I mean, still hard, but a lot easier compared to the NFL draft, the NBA draft bookmakers just are not paying attention to the NHL draft like they do for, for those um, entities. So we've had some success, both you and I uh, in years past, you will talk about Philip Broberg. I'll always have a soft spot for Simon Nemeth on the Devils. Um, but yeah, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I'm really excited to get into this. I think that relative to other years, we didn't get as many concrete, like kind of almost leaks that I would hope. But I also think this is one of the most interesting drafts to cover regardless, just on, on so many levels. I think there's a lot of good betting concepts to get into too around the draft with things like there's a lot of bets with no, like some of the worst bets I saw, I think were things like uh, to go top 10. I saw markets on that. I'd say probably just steer clear of those. The The prices were all pretty awful. Um, trying to think what else. Yeah, they kind of like covered some of the volatile angles a little better than in previous years. I think, you know, getting into some of the players will be a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm excited to get going. And it comes down to, sh- you, you want to have a strategy. You want to kind of just like predict out how it's going to go. Um, and I'll use the Nemeth example for, from last year to kind of explain when all the hype started coming on Slavkowski to be the number one overall pick over Shane Wright, uh, and, and Slavkowski ended up going from what, like seven to one to minus 300 to be the first overall pick by the time it was made, uh, after Shane Wright had spent the entire year as basically a consensus favorite. What ended up happening was everyone was paying attention to that market, right? Everyone was like, oh man, should I bet Slavkowski? Should I now bet Wright? Should I buy low on Wright now? Um, but what, what I did was I said, okay, if, if if it is Slipkowski and everyone's focusing on the number one overall pick, let's take a step down and, and go off a bet that is going to be correlated to that, which is the Devils were at two. Um, and that meant 
that New Jersey would have would have the opportunity to to draft Shane Wright. One problem: New Jersey has two young phenoms at center, Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. So they would have he would have been blocked. So outside of a trade down, the Devils it, it seemed pretty obvious the Devils would either take Sapkowski if he felt a two or a defenseman. It was David Yerchek or Simon Nemeth. Nemeth was like. 18 to one and year check was maybe eight to one. So I just said, I'll just take the guy at the longer odds. Uh, and the whole point of the story isn't to pat myself on the back. It feels good. It's still a year later, but it's to, to explain that what you're going to want to do is try to map out what, what's going to happen. Obviously we know Bedard is going to go first. And I think everybody um, is going to focus on the, the number three overall pick because it feels like it's, it's pretty bang on like Bedard. There's no use in even putting him up. Uh, with odds, he's going one. And then Fant- Adam Fantilli, center out of University of Michigan, is minus 550 uh, to go number two overall. And then after that, it starts to get a little interesting. Um, the general makeup of this draft is that there are five, there's a big five, but there's one wild card in that big five. I think the one thing that's a little different, and which is what makes this draft so amazing, is that Wright's stock really plummeted pre-draft, where like you were debating how good he really was. I don't think any of the big five have had that. Like, it's really like you're debating Which a one? lot of guys that have yeah. a ton of positive right. arguments going in their favor. I think it's going to be really hard to pass on Leo Carlson, like with what we know about NHL GMs. Although Kekalainen has been a bit of a wild card this summer, he had such a good world championship. He's a safe bet. He's a good two-way player. He seems like a really good young kid. So everything like, and we'll, we'll probably be going into intangibles a little bit. I think for Montreal at five, it's really interesting because it sounds like they might go a little off the board, but I wonder if it just seems like such a slam dunk to pass on Carlson. I think that hinges a ton of bets, which I think that's one of the most important like things. If you're looking at some of the longer odds bets, like what do you think of where Leo Carlson is going to go? What do you think about how Columbus views him? Yeah. So he, the wild card in the big, so the big five, I should say is Bedard, Anna Fantilli, Leo Carlson, and he's a center from Sweden. Uh, another center, Will Smith, he is from Massachusetts. And then Matt Faye Mitchkov. Mitchkov is the the wild card of the bunch. He's signed for another three years to uh, his on his KHL deal in SKA St. Petersburg. He's a Russian teenager, so there's always some kind of little you know dip your toe in the water and then pull it back out with those kind of players because. You know, we've we've just seen it in the past with whether it was Evgeny Malkin, um, going back to Slava Fatisov. Like it can it can get it could be really hard to get these players to come over. Um, and things, of course, in Russia are not uh, above board at the moment either. So there's some ge- geopolitical intrigue to the NHL draft, which is always fun. Um, he's the wild card because there are a lot of people out there that say he's the second best player in this draft, and then and he's in his. It's like Bedard. Mitch Cobb in his own tier at two, and then the, the other three players in the big five, Fantilli, uh, Carlson, and Smith are then kind of a three-horse race. We'll see who's the best uh, of them. So Michkov could go anywhere from two to eight. It seems to be the your capitals are at eight, and I don't think that they'd pass on him if he fell that far. But it comes down to what teams are patient enough on a top two talent to wait those three years and perhaps never get him who's willing to take that risk, which GMs feel comfortable enough in their jobs that they can draft this guy and they're going to be around. And it's not, you know, it's not going to be a, you know, a situation where 
Yarmo Kekalainen drafts him, he gets canned, and then you know some other GM gets to reap that reward. Um, so all of this kind of comes into play to try to figure out who's going to be drafted where. And as we said, like it does feel like Bedard Fantilli is the one-two consensus, although it could be Bedard Michkov, and then that throws everything up. And I'm going to try to set myself up for one of these top, either the, the Ducks or the Blue Jackets going off the board. Uh, which isn't out of the question. And right now, Leo Carlson is minus 300 to go third overall. I think that if the, the situation here is, I don't think Columbus would go Michkov, but if Anaheim goes Michkov or Columbus goes Will Smith, which we've heard a little bit about, there's a couple mock drafts that have Smith going third. Then we get into a situation where the Sharks, who I think are a possibility for Michkov, could put you in a position where Leo Carlson drops a little bit further and he ends up being fifth. And that's my favorite bet of the board. At the moment, it's 40 to one out there for Leo Carlson to go fifth overall. Um, and it's just to, like it in all likelihood, Carlson goes third. But I want to be set up for that chaos moment um, that nobody sees coming. Because usually by the time it get, this stuff kind of gets to you or me, it's the numbers obliterated. Um, but the fact that things are being, being kept so tight to the vest uh, for these two, the third, fourth, and fifth pick, and even the second pick, um, that numbers are still out there. So that's what I want to try to take advantage of. Whether it pays off or not, we'll see. Yeah, I like it. And that brings up, like, I think one of the most important points with, like, draft betting, where it's, like, a little hard to do a pod, but it really can be as simple as just, like, really paying attention to what's out there, what beat reporters say. Um, the Broberg example I always use because it was basically confirmed while odds were still up that the Oilers were never going to pass on him. And everyone knew they wanted a D. Um I, I hate trying to, that's the one thing that scares me too, is like, at what point does some of these teams realize you can't, you just pick the best player in the draft. Like that's the smartest thing to do this high up the board is you should pick the best player because the best player is always going to be the most useful for you. And that Broberg example is perfect too, because they could have taken Zegers. Now Zegers is exactly what the Oilers want. And they're sitting here with Broberg, who's a third pairing defenseman. So I always wonder like, at what point are some of these teams going to be a little more wise with some of their strategy and, and that's scary betting wise. I think I like my favorite Meechkov play, I think, is I, he's out there at plus 380 to go fifth. I think that's a playable number. I think that's long enough where it's like, that's that's a fun risk if he gets to the Habs. I don't know if I see them passing. It's one of those things like I want the NHL teams to think along with me on it, but he's so good and none of these teams are winning anything for those three years anyways. Like half these players, I shouldn't say half because this draft's so strong, but you might get very little out of some of these guys for the first two years. So it's just so hard for me to see how you level yourself into passing on Michkov. I, I know I need the teams to think along with me on that, but I think you're getting a good enough number there. And I think uh, the one exception to that logic is Columbus. I think Columbus actually thinks we're, we're going to be good. We're maybe not good, but we're going to contend for a playoff spot next year. For sure. And that's, and that's, that's, that's why I think thing. you can draw a line through them with, with Michkov. Yeah, I agree. I think it does seem like they've kind of like, tip their hand that they're drafting a set. I mean, they and they signed guys to play next year and act like they're contending. So, and that's where I do think maybe they look at Carlson as like someone who's going to come in and could actually be a decent number two center next season, a pretty safe bet. And obviously still high enough upside. So I think that's, that's pretty interesting there. It's, and then, yeah, the one I'm really interested to see where Reinbacher goes. I wouldn't bet on him. So his total set at six and a half. And I just think that's interesting to see if like one of these Arizona or Montreal actually grabs him there. 
I like him. I'm not trying to pick on the guy. Like I think he's the best defenseman in the draft. That said, to me, it seems like he's getting his status elevated because he's a big right shot defenseman, which is obviously a commodity, but it's not a commodity like a true top scorer. And to me, it just seems like, you know, him being the best big defenseman, right shot, classic NHL intangibles, where I don't think you're getting the same kind of upside you are with like the other guys in that area. Like I wouldn't have him up there. I know some people do think that under six and a half, or I should say over six and a half, I think it's plus 115 is a good bet on him. And I don't necessarily disagree. The thing that scares me is that you're trusting Montreal and Arizona to see it that way, which is right. kind of always the the tough thing with these bets is like, I think that it's the right thing to let him go considering the kind of offensive talents they're getting, but who knows the way they're looking at it. So probably, I think, I think that a plus 115 though, I, you probably are getting a number where you could take that risk. The, the pro so we've talked a little bit about Columbus um and you you kind of mentioned with 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 Arizona Montreal like just trusting these teams I also want to talk about San Jose a little bit they'll be picking four um if, if it's chalk it's Bedard Fantilli Carlson and then the the overwhelming favorite would be will Smith at four likely would be a choice between Smith Michkov and then the outside chances I've, I've heard them connected to Zach Benson a little bit but uh Ryan Ryan backer Ryan Leonard maybe and the Sharks, I think, have also had a a tendency, and and they've been drafting later in first rounds typically. That they, and and this is a new regime that they've uh, kind of been a team that that generally won't mind going off the board. Um, whether they can do that in in this situation is is a little different, but um, that's just something to keep in mind when it comes to uh, like I said, mapping out like the chaos. So, would what I wouldn't be surprised if the the team that does draft right like if it comes down to if it does go uh bedard fantilli carlson if we see san jose then do exactly kind of what you just said which is like let's let's get the defenseman like we even though they 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 need us they need centers they they need everything um that's that's another thing to keep in mind uh i just want to circle back to michikov too you you can get he's minus 200 to go over five and a half uh so he's he's going to be a good plus number to, to go under i i just think that it's, it's he's gonna he's going to go if i'm guessing he's gonna go in that top five i just can't yeah. i can't see i get that i get the the issues and stuff but there are some there are enough teams and like you can draw a line through columbus you can draw a line through chicago so now you're wondering is he going to three uh or excuse me two four or five to, to cash that bet and i think of those three teams san jose can afford to wait montreal can sell it um and even anaheim like if anaheim took him second overall. I don't think anyone would be like, it's a terrible pick. I think everyone would no. say that's, that's smart. <laughs> like, I yeah. so, and, and that's what GMs are trying to do. Like they're trying just not to get absolutely panned. Uh, and yeah, I, if this is reading too much into it, you can tell me, but there was a, I think it was Jeff Merrick was saying the Pat Verbeek, you know, he was, a his mentor was Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman famously uh, drafted Moritz Sider, what 13 or 14 picks above where he was projected to go a couple of years ago ended up being a great pick. Um, so don't be surprised if Verbeek is fine with that and ends up blowing things up by taking Michikov second. And if he does, then we're talking, we're in some serious business with that Carlson 40 to one as well. Yeah, I agree. I think that, that um, I, yeah, there's, there's so many things that are just hard to predict. If you're someone who wants like the simplest line, I did take a look at what Fantilli Carlson Will Smith was. It's out there at plus 105. So that, you know, if you're someone who thinks that's the way it's going to go, 
that's an option. I don't know if that's like the funnest. I, I feel like something's something's going to go down. Something's going to get shaken up. Yeah, it, and it always does. And and you know what? If it doesn't and you get beat, that's fine. Like you you don't. It's it's a lot easier to to kind of just like you can just go right ahead and set it and forget it and just bend it to the chalk in the NHL draft. But once one thing goes awry, I I would say it's it's always going to be. 50 50 that in the top five no matter what the draft class is someone's going off the board and if something goes awry then there's an opportunity to, to get paid off big whereas if it just stays on track like your payoff isn't going to be it's you're going to you, congratulations you just want a bet where you know the dallas stars beat the the colorado avalanche at home like they're plus 115 like it's not yeah so that's how i approach the draft is that you know i, I just want to bet something to go someone to go off the board i want to and once you're in that camp you want to be set up for it because if someone does go off the board, all your chalk bets are blown up. Yeah, this doesn't really feel like the year to lay like big money trying to get payoffs with chalk. To me, it just feels yep. like so many teams are playing it close to the vest. And I don't know. I, I Yeah, it feels like more likely something will get shaken up. I did read The Athletic had a, a big article breaking down a bunch of different scouts and executives' takes on where Michikov would go. I thought it was really interesting. It was There was, you could see like the contrasting viewpoints. Obviously, you don't get to know who the scouts were, if they're relevant at all, what teams chances are they're nowhere near the top of the board. But I do think it showed like all the contrasting viewpoints, which I think kind of speaks to your point that Nietzschekoff's probably not going to stick around long because it just takes one team to see it as like, because there was a couple of guys in there saying like they clear cut thought he was the second best player in the draft. I think that's what he is. It's so hard to score in the NHL. And I think the thing that makes Nietzschekoff like so appealing, in my opinion, where like it's almost, he's getting so much, bad talk about like all the intangibles but he's so smart like what he does well is just see the ice incredibly well and understand and just literally where all the other nine skaters are and what he has and i think that has been most consistently what converts at the nhl like what you don't want and what i think becomes riskier is players of the style that were just boys against men in junior like I'm not going to pick on Byfield because he actually looks like he's still going to be pretty good. But I think he was a good example of someone where it's just like when he played junior hockey, he was just such a beast. Like it was just, he was just taking it to guys who didn't know how to play with him. And once he got to the NHL, there was a big adjustment period uh, with the way that he could play. And I think Michkov, you want like guys like that, like Kucherov, where it's just like, they're not doing anything that is them forcing like, beating guys one-on-one -on -one and that sort of thing. It's just a lot of awareness and knowing what they have. And I think that's the hardest to take away, regardless of whether players are obviously getting stronger and they're game planning more so and that sort of thing. So I think Mishkov is really, really appealing. If uh, he were to somehow drop to the caps, we'd have to have some sort of a celebration <laughs> on this show, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Philly is to me like his absolute net bottom where like, I think they'd step up and grab him. I don't really see how Arizona can't take him either, but anyways, that's enough on that. But I mean, he's the key. He, that's why we keep spending time on him because it's, I'm trying to think of a, of an example in other sports and I just can't do it because the NBA and the NFL don't deal with Russia. <laughs> like it's just completely different. Uh, I guess the, the, like the thing you could say is like, would it like planning for a team to trade into the top five or something is like the, the, the closest I can think of, but it's very rare in a draft, especially one like this, where you have a, a consensus top five and you also have pretty much a, 
a consensus top three in terms of talents with Michkov, Bedard, and Fintilli, that one of those talents could also just be passed on by basically everybody because... Oh, and even Will Smith, though, and that's what makes it, like, so interesting is, like, half of the draft years, I'll just, you know, like, watch the picks as they come up on my phone or whatever, and this one, I definitely want to sit there and see exactly how it goes, and it'll be, like, can't miss TV because it's going to be really hard to predict the top seven or eight. Like, I think... It, it, there's just so many variables. So yeah, I agree. It, it feels like something's going to come off the rails. I think is, I mean, it almost has to, there's no, no way. It's not like anyone even knows who's, who's favored to go right. at four five, and six. So. All right, let's wrap it up tr- as best we can. Like I said, my favorite bet is still Leo Carlson to go fifth, uh, 40, 40 to one. I also don't hate looking for a big number on like those exact order props. Like you said, where it would be Bedard, Fantilli, uh, Carlson, Rhinebacker. Because I think kind of what, what you said about Ryan Backer is interesting and kind of piqued my interest in this is that he's got the intangibles and there could just be an, a team and it could, maybe San Jose that's just like, we just, we want to take the best defenseman. And what, if it's coming down to him versus Will Smith, I think you can see teams being like, we'll take the, we'll take the defenseman over, over Smith who, yeah, he's, he's a, big bodied center he's going to college next year and by all accounts is uh, basically a top three pick in in most normal years in the nhl draft but uh there is something that just drives these nhl general managers nuts about long right shot defensemen so if and he is like you said he's also clearly the number one defenseman on the board so if there is a team whether it's and, and columbus has already said they're taking a center so come down to uh, San Jose or Montreal, but if if San Jose just was just like screw it, let's get the defenseman. I think that there is a world where that lives, and you'll get a decent number on on that. So um, that that is also interesting to me is is going uh, Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, Reinbacker uh, as the exact order uh, in that market. What about you? Yeah, if I had to summarize, I think looking for Michkov fifth at plus 380 is one of my favorite plays. I'd say take the advice of being wary of some of the no option bets. I know those probably aren't very popular, but like the top 10 thing wouldn't do that. And then the other yeah, last tip I'd say is just kind of keep your eyes out for what you can find on Twitter and, and see how that correlates. Cause sometimes really useful info does leak. Or like if you see confirmation about one guy going somewhere and you think that indicates something, cause it has been abnormally like close to the best. Usually by now you can find, some team or someone who's pretty much just declared who they're going to go with. And we haven't really gotten that yet. So yeah, keep your the only, the only, the only thing that's been tipped outside of Bedard is that Yarmo Kekalainen and said, he's going to take a center. Yeah. And I think there, that's the thing is like, I think it's at the point with what they've done where they're trying to win. Now their need for a center Carlson's showing at the world championships. I do think probably him, but we'll see. It's it's or wild. or it could be or it could be Fantilli. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because it does sound like the the reports from Nashville now are that there are some people talking to. You know, it Mitch sounds Cobb. like it's been a good week for Mitch. Yeah, Mitch Cobb. Like it sounds like stock, stock has is risen rising. a little bit. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and again, I I think if he gets to five, the Habs take him, and I think he can get to five often enough that there's a value with plus three eighty. And that's the thing, like maybe they've calmed the concerns a little bit that he is going to come after his contract in Russia. Because to me, the debate is more, do you think there's a world where he just doesn't come play at all? Like, I don't think you're 
can actually be that worried that he's not there for three years. All these teams are going to be pretty horrible for three years. <laughs> like that's the reality yeah. of it. They're going to be mid at best. Columbus, I know they think they're turning around, but I don't think they are. Like, they can they can get 90 points maybe. Hockey betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, or any other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so that's uh, that's the NHL draft. Let's quickly look at the um, Stanley Cup odds for for next season, and you know whether it's just a a, a cup future or kind of what these odds are telling us. Uh, for the first time in a couple of seasons, we don't have a clear team uh, as an as a Stanley Cup favorite. Past two years, it's been Colorado, who've been in their own little section of the board, but now it's uh, Colorado's still a favorite, but very slightly. These are from BetMGM, the sponsor of Line Change. Uh, Colorado's 8-1. to one. Oilers leaves at uh, plus 950. Bruins right behind them, 10-1. to one. Hurricanes, Devils, Golden Knights, 12-1. to one. Rangers, 14-1. to one. Stars, 16. Lightning, 16. Panthers, 18. Kings, 22. Flames, 25. Wild, 30. Penguins, 35. Sabres and Senators, 40, along with the Blues. Wings, Islanders, Kraken. Canucks, Jets, 50. Predators, 66. Uh, so are your caps, CBJ, 101. And then, you know, the Blackhawks, Ducks, Flyers, Coyotes, Canadians, and Sharks are all up there in the triple digits as well. One team I, w- I am circling is, and the same thing as last season too, is St. Louis. 
they seem to be pretty aggressive in the trade market. I don't think either one of us think that they're like that far away. And also the central division is going to, I think, be pretty terrible. Yeah. They're going to be course. I don't know. Yeah. It, it depends. Like they're trying to, they're trying to maneuver the D court. seems like they try, they're trying to move Krug out or maybe Falk, whoever. Um, they're a team that I could just see having a very busy off season. And, and, and in that division, I like, is there much of a difference between them and Minnesota overall? I don't think so. Like Winnipeg's going to be bad. Na- Na- Nashville's going to be bad. Arizona. I actually think Arizona's sneaky to like finish fifth of the division, uh, but they're going to be bad. Chicago. So you're looking at Winnipeg, potentially. Nashville, Chicago, Arizona. That's half the d- division already that's rebuilding. And then Minnesota's like a lukewarm third favorite. So it's more about their environment than their actual team uh, for St. Louis. So that's just one team I want to circle. Yeah, I'm I'm scared of them. I think that they it's gonna be tough. Uh, I still if the Kraken if you can get them fifty to one, they're one of the teams that I'm like, how are they this low? Where some of the other ones at? Like they're gonna be pretty good. They're not losing anyone. They have they had the Calder Trophy. They had Carche in the AHL win the Rookie of the Year and have a good showing. Uh, so I I just think they have a lot going right. Burkowski's gonna be back. They're not losing many key pieces. The goaltending's not great. But the other thing is. They've been very on like they have not been very aggressive this summer or this trade deadline. They were not aggressive at all when, you know, they they had the tools that they could have been. And I wonder if next year when they're like inevitably in the playoff hunt that they could be. So that's where like I just think they're a good team to get in on now because they're one of the ones where I'm like, this team's going to compete 50 to one is too long. So that's kind of my favorite long shot where like I think you're going to get them to the playoffs. Um. I think the Oilers, depending on what number you get, are one of the teams I'd buy now. It's hard for me to see how they're not really good because they basically just need two guys to be really good. And pretty much yeah. the only word you get screwed is if they, if McDavid or Dreisaitl gets injured. And then the one team, we kind of talked about it before, but I think Colorado's a pure fade as a favorite. And I feel more so. I know maybe Johansson bounces back, but seeing that, that's that, who they went with. Yeah. That's what they would like. That's their move. That's what they've got in this, like up their sleeve talking about them as the outright favorite. And like, you know, I've loved this Avs team. Like the year they won, I was pumping their tires so hard. The year before when they lost to Vegas, I was pushing them hard. Um, I thought this last summer, they were a good bet prior to the season. I don't see how that's the case now. They don't have the same guys. They have, like, obviously their top dogs are going to like keep the, the floor really high, but I don't see how they're a bet at this number at all. And then I think depending on what's out there, I think the Devils, I don't know if you need to bet it now. They're one of the teams that has to be good, though. I don't really see where things fall off the rails for New Jersey. Like I would bet it now, actually, if you were, good. because I think that they, they're they going to end up getting a goalie. Like the fact that they've already been connected to Hellebuck. And their and, team's like they're not losing. And that's what they're, they're all they're, they're really young. missing is, is, yeah. a, is a stable crease. So, and their D core could be stacked. Like be, yeah. Hughes could be really good. So I, I think the Devils are a team that's like, I don't really see where they're bad. And it's funny, two of the ones we thought were going to be not so much in cup markets, but I thought the Flames were going to be a good buy low team and not Columbus. Anymore. And now yeah. I'm out on both of them. Yeah. I don't like what Columbus has going on. And the fact now is like, I think what they've done with like these signings, which I don't think are going to help them that much, is actually going to raise their stock a little bit in terms of people thinking they're going to compete. Whereas before I thought, I mean, we'll see. There's a chance. It all depends on where the markets are at. But I, I thought maybe Columbus could be a really good buy low team wherever in really rated what went wrong this year too highly and then the one team that i'm not even remotely interested in 
and you know this, and I think the injury news about the defensive core moves the needle even more. I am just dying to bet Florida to miss the playoffs out of the Atlantic, which is stacked. Buffalo looks really good. I think Ottawa is going to be really good. So if I can get a good number on Florida to miss the playoffs, I'm just waiting to find that because they're going to be starting pretty behind the eight ball. I know they're going to do something like apparently they're looking to trade Duclair to bring in a, def- a useful defense or, or defender, but that'd be one. Like <laughs> they yeah. could have two useful defensemen in the lineup for opening night. So I think that Florida is probably going to be a little overvalued and I'm, I'm hoping to get into some positions to fade them for sure. So a couple predictions I want to make one, I think Edmonton and New Jersey are going to go off on opening night, basically as co-favorites to win the Stanley cup. Uh, I think that we'll see New Jersey address its goaltending. I think Edmonton will just people will like you think like you do right now, which is we got to there. There's not going to be a better number out there for the rest of the season. So we'll bet them now. The other thing is that, uh, like you said, I think Columbus already started to get a little bit of hype, but it also could have been just that they were the only team that really did anything of note uh, to improve their team so far in the offseason. But you, you, you talked about the Atlantic. I think Boston... I'm not just saying they're going to take a step back, but because of course they are, they're not going to be better than the best team ever in a regular season, but they are a threat. I think also to completely bottom out um, depending on, on how healthy they're, they're able to be next season. And like you said, we're, we're going to be low on Florida again. And then it's Toronto, Tampa who who have question more questions than around them than they did going into the, the last couple of seasons, at least Toronto does. And then, there's that Senators, Sabres, those rising powers. I could see Detroit kind of flying under the radar a little bit here. Um, I don't think that they're quite good enough for to be like super interesting yet, but they get to bring Cat and, and find a way to settle their their back end, who knows. Uh, but I think the Atlantic is gonna be wide open and and it's a team it's a division where I could see Sort of like what the Devils almost did last year, the long a long shot winning the division, just getting hot. Whether it's on Buffalo, Buffalo and Ottawa, I think their numbers are going to be too short to do it. But who's to say Detroit just doesn't find a way in what should be a uh, a much softer division than it's been in years past, where you've had back to back Presidents trophies and you had Tampa and Toronto duking it out. It's, so uh, that's something to keep in mind too. So and and I do want to say that I think that the Coyotes are gonna be okay like yeah. they've already made the trade for sean dersey this is not a team they're not this is not a team that's trying to trade for andrew ladd's contract and trade you know take on bad contracts they have so much to spend at this draft like i wouldn't be surprised if if arizona walks away with from the draft with like it's not going to be pierre luc dubois but like that caliber of a player because they just like here's five draft picks take take them and we'll we'll take this guy who signed for two years that doesn't have trade protection and in that, like I said, the central is going to be pretty soft, I think, and, and bottom heavy. Yeah, I don't I know, see man. it. I don't mind. I don't, they, like this is going to be this is going to be the death to watch of, It's going to be the death of me. But I think they the, might the Coyotes they might are trade the, Schmaltz the and Keller though. I don't think they're going to trade them though. I like yeah. if they. I I think it's much less likely that they trade those guys than it is that they bring in another good forward for them to play. Well, with. You got to bring in someone, and they do. Yeah. They have so many good young players that are and they starting had a to get million draft more players. useful. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous it's, looking at that I've draft. never seen anything like that before. They've already traded a second rounder for a good defenseman. Like, I don't know. But the thing is, it uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Like, it's going to be so appealing for them to do the same crap they've been doing. 
I think, and that's another good point. I think when we're talking Oilers is like, they have to be good though. Like their, their fucking existence, excuse me, their existence <laughs> depends on it. Like, like you would think uh, I, that's, cause that's where I debate. Like how could they ever pass on Michkov? Cause it's like, you guys have been tanking so, so hard for three years. You're telling me that you're scared to like take this guy because he's not gonna be on the team. Like your whole team is like veterans who are LTIR. Like, yep. Anyways, yeah, so yeah, I think that's kind of my last note on the Oilers, though. It is going to be hard for teams to get a lot better via free agency this summer. And by hard, it's pretty much going to be impossible because you're going to overpay to get one guy who maybe doesn't even move the needle that much. Like there's like Orlov, Bertuzzi. I think that's pretty much it. Like it's bad. So it's going to be teams having to get aggressive through trades. And I know there is obviously ways to do that with some of these teams taking on cap dumps. Chicago's still super low. Like they're definitely taking on some more money somewhere i'd say and i like that they got hall so that bedard has an actual line mate to play with that'll be a lot more fun than watching him fight through what he was gonna have but yeah i, I think that that does touch on the other's point a little bit where like yeah they got to sort out the bouchard situation but i think that they will find a way to do that and then the that's kind of the main thing that would prevent them from being quite good again is if somehow he left so basically that's it i'm pretty high on them again this year i think they're gonna keep knocking on the door and, and give it a good effort. Uh, we, I just want to say that I think the Islanders also at 50 to one is I'll be on that. Yep. Standard. Standard. Just, just set, set it and forget <laughs> I, it. I think I'll probably be pushing that the caps could go over their point total, but I don't think they can win the cup because just the stars aren't there anymore compared to the rest of the East. It's, it's hard to, you know, have their yeah. elderly guys carrying the kind of weight they need to. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it. Uh, Got to wrap with an Islanders plug. Yeah, you got it. I think that they're, they're it's going to be the same exact kind of conversation about them where there's going to be a lot of people like, oh, you can get the Islanders plus money to miss the playoffs when they don't realize it. Like, they're deep. They they might not be great. Well, and they have a goalie who's and they've got, locked yeah, and they've got stay. Like, he's the Vesna favorite. Yeah. Probably deservingly. So I did look too. I think uh, Shesterkin might be playable in the Vesna. I think there's some places out there where his numbers livable. Just because there's not enough, like if you're getting seven to one on him, you know he's gonna be good and in the mix. Like he's this year, like his playoff proved as much as I think it possibly could. He was insane. The Devils probably should have smoked them. So, anyways, I think that maybe under my boy Lavi, they'll. <gasps> who knows how it'll go? But I think Shesterkin will be really good. All right. Well, that'll do it. Uh, good luck uh, betting the NHL draft. Hopefully, there is some chaos and. Yarm will kick a lot. Someone's lying or whatever. Uh, and, and some of these long shots come through. And then maybe we'll be back uh, at some point in the in the middle of the summer to, to update when, when the dust settles on rosters. But in case we're not, we will uh, see you guys again right before next season with all our preview content. Thank you for listening, uh, subscribing, rating, reviewing. Uh, if you haven't done that, please do it as we head into next season. For Nick Martin, I'm Michael Lebuff. Uh, thank you for listening to Line Change. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.